Welcome to Siempre Positivo on a more sombre Monday because after weeks of accumulating a big lead over Real Madrid, Barcelona missed the chance to go 10 points clear at the top of La Liga on Sunday, losing for just the second time this season in La Liga and for the first time since October when they lost to Madrid, they were beaten 1-0 by Almeria in what Javi described as the worst performance of the season. And I don't think Rick Sharma or Tony Juanmati, who are joining us today, will have any complaints with uh, the comments from Javi because it's quite clear that Barca were dreadful. And more bad news, depending how you look at it on Monday, as Robert Lewandowski confirmed out for Thursday's Clasico, the Copa del Rey semi-final coming up this week against Madrid at the Bernabeu. I'm Sam Marsden and this is still Siempre Positivo despite the result. There's still a seven-point lead, so let's see where it went wrong on Sunday. Rick, how are you doing? Yeah, doing all right on this chilly Monday in Barcelona. Tibidabo is covered in snow, which is quite a rare sighting. I think, I can't remember the last time it was like this. I think uh, a guy in the office told me over a decade ago, although it did, it did snow in 2018, maybe, maybe not on Tibidabo. Is there still snow on Tibidabo now? Well, there was a couple of hours ago when, when I went into the office where you can see quite well, but now I've been inside, so I can't see it. I feel like it kind of like would maybe like not live up to expectations of listeners saying that there was snow. There was a dusting of snow on the mountains on the outskirts of Barcelona. But I mean, central Barcelona, where I, when I went into the school run this morning was quite actually quite sunny. Yeah, yeah, no, in the, no, in the city there's no snow at all, but just on, on the mountain, yeah. On the mountain tops. Tony, ¿qué tal? Hi, good morning. Um, <clears throat> well, yes, uh, I was happy, but uh, I'm on my day off. But now there was uh, this breaking news with Lewandowski injured. And I had to activate myself uh, early this morning because I re we received uh, the information and we had to check this, to check it. So I supposed uh, I, I, I was supposed <laughs> to be off, but I'm working. So uh, not very happy. This is my mood. So don't get in trouble with me. The story of your life. The story of my life. Si, si. Así es. <laughs> Lately it's been like this. So, uh, but I hope it will end soon. Your life, I hope not. <laughs> no. This story of my life can have a different way in the following months. Let's see. We will come on to Lewandowski and the potential implications that will have in Barcelona's next few games with injuries and suspensions mounting up. But first of all, if you can bear with us, let's dive into the defeat at Almeria, which came after Barcelona were knocked out of the Europa League on Thursday to Manchester United, losing 2-1 at Old Trafford. So that's back-to-back -back defeats for Javi's side. A time of the season when things are just sort of starting to, you know, come to the, the pivotal moment, the critical moment of the season when, when trophies are not won, but you keep yourself in the running to come April, May. Rick, Javi described it as the worst performance of the season. El Bilal Torre with the only goal of the game in the 24th minute for Almeria. A good goal um, from Almeria's point of view, at least. One Ruby said they'd worked on in training. A, a long ball, more or less, which Torre chested down. Luis Suarez sent the ball over the top and Torre had got in behind Christensen and an emphatic finish off the bar and down into the net. I think Almeria probably had the best chances to score another goal. Leo Baptistao somehow got a shot on target at the sort of far post, which 
Ter Stegen tipped behind just after the goal. Um, and they did have another chance to wrap it up late on. In the middle, Barcelona didn't really create anything. They had one shot on target, um, which came from substitute Angel Al- Alacon. Um, lots of crosses, which everyone commented on, I think. Javi, Frankie de Jong, Ruby all said that Barcelona were basically just crossing. Um, it was a real dire performance, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. And for once, I've been quite disagreeable. Well, Javi's been quite disagreeable, in my opinion, after a lot of games when he says stuff that I don't, I don't believe in. But for once, I agree with everything he said. It was a bad performance. It was the worst performance of the season. They didn't create any chances beyond slinging some balls into the box, which... Perhaps the best one was Araujo headed one not very far wide of the far post, sort of playing in, in attack. The, the, the classic move of desperation for a Barca coach when they can't get a goal, stick the big man up front. So yeah, not a, not a good performance by any means. But what did, what did we expect with the team that Xavi put out? I don't understand why he made so many rotations. Uh, we've, we've said before on the pod that when you rotate, you don't do it all at once, you do it bit by bit. So it didn't make sense for me to take out the three defenders who are so good with their, with their pace at correcting, correcting things in mistakes in the team in terms of Balde, Araujo and Koundé. Yeah, Araujo came off against Man United. Maybe he had a knock. Maybe Xavi wanted to keep him in cotton wool. So in that case, maybe play Koundé alongside Christensen. Or if you want to put Eric Garcia in, put him in for Christensen and play him alongside Koundé. In, in, in this case and, and I mean in the goal we, we saw it it wasn't necessarily a case of the defenders being hugely slow but it was more or less Bill Azore got in behind and you, you tend to avoid those situations when you have Koundé or Araujo on the pitch it was yeah poor, a poor goal to concede nicely done by by Bill Azore he's a player that I've I wouldn't say I've watched a lot of but I've seen a lot of his goals this season all six of them because one of my jobs is to send through a paragraph for every time an African player does well in La Liga and, and Bill Torres. I only ever see him when, he, when he's scoring bangers, basically. And, and that's, what, that's what I saw uh, yesterday and what everyone saw yesterday. Uh, maybe, maybe Javi underestimated him by, by picking Eric Garcia with Christensen at the back in that one and Jordi Alba as well, who isn't always the most alert in defence. So yeah, it was, it was as bad a performance as, as Javi has admitted after the game. Well, the the reason from the club for the changes in defence especially was that, like you say, Araujo went off against Manchester United, but also Kunde apparently, and Rafinha, who was also left on the bench. All three of them, their internal results from, you know, recent matches and training sessions suggested that they were, you know, on the edge of sort of fatigue and perhaps, you know, potential injury risks, which is why none of them started the game. Araujo, like you say, did come on. Rafinha also came on. At half time, Barca also, of course, um, without Pedri and Dembele, who were both injured and both obviously key to, to how they attack and how they play. Um, Tony, I mean, looking, Barca should still go to Almeria, right? With the team that they had, even without Dembele, without Pedri, with the fatigue perhaps that other players have, even coming so soon after Old Trafford. They should still have been able to win that, especially like Javi said, with that opportunity, that golden opportunity to put 10 points between them and Madrid after the one or draw in the Madrid derby. Bueno, a ver, trying to be, to be fast on my analysis. For me, you can perfectly not win to Almeria. The problem is losing uh, because uh, the feeling that you could have gone to, to 10 points uh, far away from Madrid, but I can accept that you are not uh, fit or active enough after a lot of games in attack, but but you cannot lose. So, uh, yeah, it was a pity what, what, what happened. But for me, 
the most uh, worrying thing is not losing because at the end, if you have this amount of points, it's be because you want uh, you 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 can these uh, these things to uh, to happen. So is is your your pillow, no? Your 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 space. So the problem for me goes further and takes us drives us to 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 other conclusions. Uh, why did you accept uh, Memphis' departure when now you don't have anyone to replace Lewandowski only because of the money? Uh, Piquet left the team in January. Also Bellerin. Uh, there are less players now in training sessions, and you will say that's a stupid thing. No, that's not a stupid thing. Less players, less exercise you can do, less intensity. You are completing the training session with players from the second squad. It's not the same level. Um, playing lots of games with the same players. Uh, lots of things that uh, have been uh, punishing you. And yes, I'm worried. I'm worried because uh, not because La Liga. I think La Liga is hundred percent won. Even unless unless Madrid uh, beats you in Camp Nou. But apart from that, uh, I see some structural problems or, or or problems which are not related only with the with the bench or with the with the coach. I don't know. Uh, there is a lack of talent in, in Barca's squad at the end. Yes, you spend lots of uh, million euros, but there is a lack of talent, and this is not part of the process. This is not the process, process, process. Process is almost done, almost uh, finished. But you are what you are. Rafinha is not Mahares. He's not Vinicius. Kunde is a great player, but maybe Tuchel was not that crazy when he was saying that he's not Beckenbauer. He's having good season, but we saw in Utrecht for some problems when he's pressured. Kessier, yeah, some good games, but not really good. Eric, we saw yesterday how uh, how many actions he suffered with the striker. So, to be to be fast and quick with my analysis, is that maybe at the end we have overrated too much this Barca? And the, the truth is that you won against Betis in Super Cup by penalties. Uh, you won by uh, against Villarreal, but you were a bit lucky. You had a draw against Espanyol. So... You have got you have had very good results because you have been competing very good, but not because you were better. Remember, we have been saying, we have been praising the way Barcelona has have been competing, but when we say competing, is when you feel that you are not better. In Guardiola's period, no one was talking about competing, competing. We 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 had all clear that uh, Barcelona was better team. So, uh, well, um, apart from that, I know that uh, the rushing room is, there is a lack of uh, fresh in terms of the mind. So how do you say, cansancio mental? Mental fatigue, yeah. Mental fatigue uh, with some players also not in the best shape. Um, for the first time, I know that we are going to take later, but for the first time, I think that Xavi will face this game against Real Madrid, not with the ambition, the ambition that he always have to win, but rather with a feeling to, to have at least a draw, survive, and then let's see what happens on the second leg. But yes, the, the, the worst moment uh, of the season in terms of shape, not situation, the worst moment was when you were out of Champions League. But in terms of dressing room feelings, yes, the worst moment of the, of the season. Rick, Tony talks about the depth and the talent, perhaps. I mean, if I go back to the start of the season, I'm sure we would have been quite sort of... Um... Optimistic, I guess, more than praising talent, optimistic when you talked about, you know, the, the, the backup options in attack, you know, Lewandowski, Rafinha, Dembele, Ferran, Ansu before the season, you know, midfield, potentially when Nico was still here, Kessie, 
Um, Pjanic was even here, the options that they had in midfield. Um, this last couple of weeks, they've obviously been found out a little bit in terms of depth, you know, players that have come in to fill in for absences haven't stepped up. Um, what do you think's more sort of noticeable in these these last two defeats, especially against Manchester United and and Almeria? Do you think it's the, the depth that's lacking or do you think it could be something as simple as, and they're, they're kind of related, but just that they're so reliant perhaps on Pedri and or Dembele? Yeah, I think, I think it's both, isn't it? Look at the WhatsApp message I sent you after four minutes of the game yesterday. I just sent you a message saying there's absolutely zero creativity in this team and the only way Barca are going to win this game is by brute force just by brute force knocking the door down, which they didn't, they didn't have enough ganas to do that. They didn't have enough determination to, to knock the door down. And they weren't, they weren't going to win on quality or finding a, a, a brilliant through ball and, and, and making some magic happen. There was no magic at all in the team because Pedro and Dembele are out. And then, I mean, we mentioned with the four midfielder system that they use, if, if Pedri is out, or really if any of the, the first choice four are out, it makes it a lot worse of a choice to use that system. I was quite surprised Xavi didn't go for for four three three. Obviously Ansu Fati's injury kind of made that more difficult to do than because he wasn't there yesterday and, and he obviously wanted to rest Rafinha if he's worried about him given he has played a lot recently with no Dembele. But I mean, Barca can't. They can't have a, an all-star squad like Man City because they don't have the money to do it. They they have the players they sign. They have squad players like Sergio Roberto, for example. Who it's it's a different opinions whether he's worthy of a place in the squad or not. But playing against Almeria is if you are going to have him in the squad is one of the games where you could you should be able to, to rely on him to fill in. The problem is when you, you change so many players. I agree with Tony that, that Memphis Memphis probably could have stayed. It's just one of those issues where, at the moment, given the financial situation and the, the potential for... It was all about the money, Rick. To not register Rick, players. It like, was all about the money. It, yeah, exactly, exactly. Araujo, Gavi, Gavi's deal. They needed that. Every little penny counts at the moment at Barca. So I'm not I'm not stunned. I just think that there's little little fifty fifties didn't go off. Like for example, at the start of the season, you might have said it was fifty fifty whether Ferran Torres would step up or not. But he had that injury at the start of the season. Then he had this big sort of mental problem. They said he was in a hole, and he's only just come out of play well against Cadiz, and then didn't really play that well off the bench against United or or yesterday. Ansu Fati, another fifty fifty, maybe slightly less than fifty fifty, but another one where you think that oh he could go on and have a, have a have a great season now he's fit. But it hasn't worked out. So Barca took a couple of gambles in those regards and neither of them paid off and they're suffering a bit for it now. I mean, we could talk about... I, I don't feel like anyone was particularly sort of standout bad, if that makes sense, against Almeria. It was more just the whole team was sort of, to use a Spanishism perhaps, was was blocked. I mean, there were a couple of moments in the second half where you sort of gasped as Busquets was just completely off it in terms of giving the ball away or moments when other players did things. Um, so so we go to your ratings, Rick, as a launch pad to maybe speak one or two more about uh, other players. Yeah, the only good, the only player that comes out of it with any good rating is, of course, Ter Stegen, who made that save you mentioned and then also made another good one at the end from Mbaba. Uh, and then Sergio Roberto, four, Eric Garcia, three, Christensen, four, Alba, four, Busquets, four. Then Frankie, Gavi and Kessie, I gave five to. But I mean, they could just as easily be a, be a four as well, if I was being a little bit harsher. And then Ferran and Lewandowski, four each. And Javi, four for good measure on, as coach. Yeah. And three of those, well, th- two players and the coach, Javi booked. So Gavi, Rafinha and Javi all suspended for... 
Valencia's visit to Camp Nou next week. Valencia perhaps resurgent after getting their first win under Ruben Baraja at the weekend. Yes, well, I was almost, almost interrupted Tony when he said the league was 100% won. I think this Valencia game is quite interesting because given Barca's absences, so not only the ones he just mentioned are suspended, but also the ones, the injury absences, I don't expect Dembele will be back, Pedri back, won't be. Lewandowski's not going to be there now, we know about him as well. So suddenly that Barca are looking extremely thin for that game. It's coming on the back of this Thursday game against Real Madrid, where they're going to have to put everything into that, that Madrid game to, to already to justify the, the gamble that Xavi took against Almeria by resting players. So I think that Valencia game is very worrying because Baraja and, and Valencia they got their first win, like you said. They looked really up for it against Real Sociedad and that's their third best team in the league they've beaten. So I think that suddenly, if Barca don't win on Sunday and Madrid, I think Madrid played Betis on Sunday night, so Madrid win after that, suddenly that seven-point gap could end up being a four-point gap and then the Clasico yet to come on, on March 19th, I think it is, in, in La Liga. So... I don't. I mean, that seven-point league, seven-point lead is only a seven-point lead, as long as it's a seven-point lead, which is a very simple thing to say. But we'll see how it ends up this weekend. Yeah, I was surprised Tony said that as well because not just that Valencia game, but Barca also then the week after, so the week before the Clasico, go to Bilbao to play Athletic Club in San Mamés, which is you know never. Never an easy game. I mean, Barca's record there is probably better than you think when you, it always is the case when you look at these stats and you say, oh, it's horrible going to San Mamés. They usually or, or have often got points or won there. But like you say, in the position they're going in, there's fitness doubts over Dembele, Pedri, Lewandowski for that game. Um, obviously Rafinha and Gavi will be back, but it's not going to be easy with the, the shortage in personnel they have against Valencia or Athletic. And all it takes is to, to lose one of those two games and, you know, potentially Madrid could be going into the Clasico four points back. I mean, worst case scenario, even one point back. Um, so yeah, it's very much, the league is very much to be played for in these next three games, it feels, before the, before the international break. If Barca can just maintain that, that plus seven lead, um, then yeah, they're going to be in a very good position once they get to, to April. But yeah, it's going to be an interesting few weeks with, with those shortages. Um, let's turn our attention then to the Clasico because that's, this week, it's Thursday, it's huge. And Rick, Tony said we could see Barca and Javi, they're going into it at their perhaps lowest moment of the season, despite the fact they've won the Supercoppa, they're seven points clear in the league, they're in a Copa del Rey semi-final. Um, but not just the fact that they're going into it at the lowest moment of the season. No Dembele, no Pedri, no Lewandowski. Um, and Tony spoke about, you know, getting, you know, a, a draw perhaps back to camp now. They're almost, um, they almost have to play their, not play defensively, but they have to play their their best defence, don't they? Because if you start making changes there, you're going to completely unbalance the side with what you've got ahead ahead of the team. I mean, midfield they should be should be fine. Gavi's available for the for the Clasico. Rafinha is also available. Yeah, I would be absolutely stunned now if Barca went to the Bernabeu and won. I agree. I agree 100 percent with Tony. I think they will play just to keep the tie alive and in a decent position in the second leg. And it's not been Javi's MO to do that, but that's more or less the, the position he's been left in. I don't think he has much faith in the likes of Ferran Torres or even Antifati, who should be back from injury for that game. Even Rafinha, I don't, I'm not even convinced Javi's got you know, that much faith in Rafinha either. So I think he will play defensively. I wouldn't be surprised if he ends up playing four midfielders again, because in this case, just to, to keep the game as cagey as possible. Tony, obviously the news on Monday is Lewandowski's injury, which he broke on Relevo. We're looking at potentially two weeks. Maybe he'll be back for San Mamés. Definitely for the Clasico is the early prognosis. Um, without him, how do you expect Barca to line up at the Bernabeu on Thursday? I mean, 
with Dembele also missing. Um, Ansu only just come. Well, it's only an injury that kept him out of one game, but perhaps they won't rush him from the start. It feels like unless Javi has a surprise up his sleeve in terms of picking um, a youngster from the B team or the under 19s, it feels like Rafinha on the right, Ferran through the middle, and a four man midfield, perhaps Busquets, De Jong, Kessie, and Gavi. Or do you see any surprises? What do you mean uh, when you say surprises? Which kind of? I don't know. He's throwing Alakon in like he. I mean, he didn't have much choice. But like, for example, last season we saw Ilias play or or Abde at a certain point. Although I think Abde got his first minutes under Sergi Barquan. No sé, no sé. Uh, it's very uh, have been asking this uh, last minutes, uh, trying to know something. Uh, my feeling is that uh, in the Clásico we will we will see Ferran as a number nine, and we will see Jordi Alba on the left. Uh, I know it's uh, second time I go with it but I definitely think about this this time because uh, I don't see Ansu as a starter because if you go with Ansu you don't have any weapon for the second half in case in case you are losing it could also be it could also be yes a midfield um, with uh, Busquets Frankie de Jong Kessie and Gabi and then you wouldn't be playing with Jordi Alba but uh I don't know. I don't know. Uh, I have the feeling that uh, Xavi definitely will will do this also to to help you to defend with uh, with Jordi Alba. As I told you, my thing is my, my, my thoughts are around the idea of of uh, surviving in in uh, Santiago Bernabéu. So that's why it fits for me more. Of course, you will count on Angel Alarcón, and I haven't confirmed this yet. But I'm sure we will see also Stanis Pedrola because he's in a very good shape. We were asked about this on the last spot, uh, speaking with Rick. And uh, I think that, yes, we are going to see in the squad uh, Stanis Pedrola, who um, deserves totally this, this chance if finally he has it. Rick, it's not really related to the Classico, um, but let's talk a little bit about Lewandowski. My first question, because I was surprised, well, I've kind of given you a clue there. How many goals do you think he's scored in 12 games since the World Cup? Lewandowski? Yeah. Um, I know he's got 25 goals across the season and most of them felt like they came before the World Cup. But I, because you're asking me, I think there's some element of trick question there. I'll say six. Tony, how many do you think Lewandowski scored in 12 games since the World Cup? How, in how many games or how many goals? There's 12 games since the World Cup that he's played. You tell me how many goals. I think he made... Four goals. Okay, so Rick is closer. Seven. But I mean, it's a slightly trick... Not a trick question. No, but it's cheeky because he scored in Copa del Rey too. Yeah, but that, that's... You knew you had the 12 games, yeah. So he had one against... One against Real Betis, one against Real Madrid in the Supercoppers. He had two in the Copa del Rey against Ceuta. And then three in the league. One against Betis. One against, sorry, two in the league, one against Betis, one against Cadiz, and then the penalty against Manchester United. So I say it's kind of like an inflated number because obviously you've got the brace against Theota and, you know, the penalty against Manchester United. Um, so, you know, um, make of that what you will. But I mean, seven in 12 is still good numbers. You, if you could make a good argument for any striker that that's good form, but there is the feeling that he has been a long way from his top form. And I wouldn't say he's holding Barca back and it feel, it does feel like, um, to use the football term blow, a blow that he's going to be missing these next couple of games, but more because of the lack of alternatives. I mean, Barca played three games without him in January and won each one 1-0. One um, so how big a loss is Lewandowski at this moment, Rick? And could it potentially, if they come through these games without him, I guess it will all depend how they do without him, 
but could it potentially benefit him and Barca to have this this little rest, this break physically and mentally, perhaps ahead of that vital La Liga Clasico on March the 19th at Camp Nou? I think if Barca had better backup options, then I would be, it'd be one of those jokes you can make where it's like, oh yes, it's actually good, good news for Barca, given how he's been playing, that they could bring in someone else. But I don't think putting Ferran Torres up front is, is that appetising as an alternative. I think I'd rather have an out-of-form Lewandowski than a... I don't want to say completely out of form Ferran Torres got after the Cadiz game, but it's not, you know, he's not at his best still in general. So I think it is damaging for Barca to, to not have him. I think it conditions the way they play, but it might end up being a positive after all in the sense that, that if they do go, they do hold out and they play for a nil-nil and they get a nil-nil draw at the Bernabeu, it's not, not, not the end of the world. And maybe with an out of form Lewandowski, they might have ended up with a defeat if they played differently at the, at the Bernabeu. So I've almost gone for that sort of joke answer while finding sort of a serious point in there somewhere. I do like the, the, I was talking to you about it earlier, the concept of players who are out for a little while, even though they're injured, getting a chance to rest. For example, I was looking at Real Sociedad and how they, in recent seasons they've dropped off after a good start. But this season they've got Ayathabal, who's just starting his season, having been injured. He's got, they've got David Silva, who's been out for a few weeks. So when they come back from injury, they should be quite fresh and, and after getting up to sort of match fitness, they should be ready to, to play well for the rest of the season. So I think that could be a benefit for Barca to have a, a Lewandowski who gets the chance to slow down for a little bit and then, and then start again. But given, given, as you point out, how many goals he scores, even when he's playing badly, it, it can only be classified as a, as a blow to be without him. Tony, um, on a more personal level, how do you think um, Lewandowski's feeling at the moment? Obviously, he came to Barcelona, he was the marquee signing the idea of you know not winning the Champions League but you know taking them back to the the elite of Europe they are seven points clear at the top of the Liga they have won the Supercoppa um his form was brilliant before the World Cup there's a little bit of disappointment about how he's played since um how do you think he's doing at the moment mentally and do you think this little break now before the Classico perhaps until the athletic game even if it's just you know a weekend could could be good for him on a personal level yes the truth is that uh, Robert uh, is not uh, showing that level that he was showing at the at the beginning of the season. This is fact. Then we can analyze why we have reached this point. And then there are there are so many factors. There are so many things. One of these things is, of course, that the the fact that Barcelona is not playing anymore with two wings like Rafinha and Dembele and making crosses, crosses like it was at the beginning of the season. Now playing with four midfielders is different. So he's receiving less balls. Also, the fact that he's playing every game, 90, 90, 90, 90. Don't forget that he's 34. Uh, there are a lot of games. So uh, I don't know. Uh, for me, the, the biggest problem on, on, on Lewandowski, well... I don't want to say that he's not guilty for that, but he's receiving less balls and he knows that he has to score goals. So now he gets more pressed and I think that he's uh, suffering the pressure. And you will tell me, but <laughs> these kind of players, they don't feel the pressure. Well, I think he has a bit of pressure. He knows that he needs to be the leader of this group, such a young dressing room with Balde, Ansu, Gavi, Pedri. And I think that lastly... He has suffering a mix of this pressure. He has been less clinical. Uh, he has uh, suffering 
He has been suffering a bit of a mental fatigue because, of course, he's playing every game each three days. And also, I think the new style, the new draw of Barcelona, the new way of playing with more uh, more gravity on the midfielder is making that he receives less crosses, that he receives less balls, and that the centre-backs are more focused on him because Barcelona is only playing with one winger. And I also play, I think that uh, Dembele's uh, injury has been even worse for for uh, Lewandowski because now there is no single player which is able to do one by one. So they can be more focused to centre-backs and the help of the pivot to make a triangle, to make a jail for, for Robert. So all these things at the end, uh, for me, yes, it, it, it can be a good reset for him, a good uh, period time, a good uh, rest time to be back with more power for the final rush of the season. Yes, so maybe it's a good part to, to have him a, a little holiday, yes. Uh, Tony, Lewandowski aside, um, obviously Dembele and Pedri also, how are they getting on with their injuries? It seems that they won't be back until the Classico, potentially the League Classico on March the 19th. Either any hope that they will be back before then, or are we are looking at them being sidelined until then? Dembele, you mean? Dembele and Pedri. No, Pedri, he will be fit for the Clásico of Liga. Uh, I don't think uh, he will be ready uh, before. So it's always a problem, no? because being back as a starter, it's always uh, complicated. So... Um, I'm not sure if he will have minutes um, against Valencia. Um, sorry, against Athletic Bilbao the the 12th of of March. I have serious doubts. And about Dembele, the same for me, the same. Uh, I think yes, he will be ready for the game against Real Madrid. But uh, facing this game without rhythm. Oof, I don't think both will be starters, even even less, uh, because when you're a coach, you want players to be 100% to face this kind of game. So, maybe if I have to bet now, I will tell you that Pedri will be starter, but not Dembele. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Also, Dembele is much sort of a great bench option to come on when games sort of open up. Yeah, or, exactly, exactly. Or, or, or exactly, teams. yes. Rick, just kind of half going back to the Almeria game and just to finish, I guess the worst thing about losing, and even though they had that cushion, is that this week now becomes so so stressful and they all they almost, I mean, if you had to prioritise, where do your priorities lie now? Because you could have sort of, you know, rested players against Valencia, but now you can't because in addition to the injuries and suspensions, um, you can't afford another defeat. So where... As if you were sort of in Javi shoes, or if you know, as a, if, if you were a Barcelona fan, where would you want to see Barca prioritizing this week? If they had to sort of pick one game, Madrid in the Copa or Valencia in La Liga, has to be Madrid in the Copa, and not because the cops more cop the cups more important than the league, but because Barca have they've made their decision already. It's like going all in on poker. Javi went all in at the weekend, rested the players he rested. And now that decision's made. Now we'll see the cards, how they, how they come out against Real Madrid when he puts his, his strongest lineup out with all the players that he rested back in the team. There's not much else you can, you can do. Possibly, what, look at it, possibly if you wanted to rest a, a big player, Frankie de Jong, I guess, is the only other one that you could rest. And who do you pay him for him? I, I just don't see it happening. Maybe Sergio Roberto in midfield is, is the, only, <laughs> the only choice. I just don't see it happening. I think Javi's made his choice. Now we see how the, the cards come down, the turn in the river. And then I think 
against Valencia, you just have to go full pelt again. You just have, they have to pick the strongest team for the next two games, cross their fingers and hope they don't get any injuries to, to any more key players in these, in these two matches. And then after that, they can breathe a little bit. Then there's, then there's that week off, more or less, before Bilbao. Yeah, very, very lucky that they've been knocked out of the Europa League because they could do without, you know. I, mean, I know United drew Betis in the end. I guess I don't know if Barca could have drawn a Spanish team or if they would have drawn someone more difficult or whatnot. But yeah, they could they could quite easily do without any sort of difficult away European game in the middle of those with the way injuries and suspensions are knocking up. And like you say, I guess he, Javi has played his cards. It's a good point. They have to go all in. Again, not all in because they've got so many out, but they have to pick all their best available players against Madrid and then pick up the pieces for the Valencia game, whatever they have, and go as strong as they can again and then hope that during that week before Athletic they can get some good news from the from those players that are injured. Obviously, they recover the players that were suspended as well. That's all we've got time for today. Um, as we've spoken about, it's a huge, huge week coming up for Barcelona, that Clasico, and then the visit from Valencia whoever they are in the table I mean I say always give Barca a good game they obviously famously lost 7-0 under under Neville and had some <laughs> had some hammerings at, at Camp Nou but they've also won I remember Rick one of your first Barca games back in 2014 I think was Valencia winning 3-2 um, they're always good at Mestalla obviously this one is at Camp Nou but wherever they are in the table they are capable I will say of uh, good performance against Barca and just to, to leave one positive note in this generally negative episode of Siempre Positivo. What a goal from Eze Abde for Osasuna against Sevilla on loan from Barcelona. One to, one to watch for next season. Fantastic strike. That was a good goal. When you said what a goal then, I thought you were going to be talking about the Almeria goal again because that's the... <laughs> on a positive note, got to see this good goal. It was a great goal off the... Just the eighth goal Barca have conceded this season. So, you know, fair play to Bilal Torde. Um, <laughs> we'll be back on Patreon later this week for Sossies after that Clasico at the Bernabeu. And in the meantime, Javi and Barca are going to need everyone to stay positive. Bye.